I used to always be able to judge by the silence around the campfire whether or not the stories I was telling were scary enough or not. I used to lead kids groups up into the national parks, up into Yellowstone and Grand Teton. And like kids all over the planet, these kids desperately wanted to hear scary stories. And I always obliged. Um, I would tell them stories that would leave them questioning whether they should take that bathroom break outside of their tent later that night, you know? And uh, actually one kid came up to me and said that he had peed in his Nalgene water bottle because he was too terrified to leave his sleeping bag, which I felt pretty bad about, but the next day he was back at the fire begging for more stories, so. Um, yeah, basically, I told a lot of stories, but I kept one secret. I, I didn't tell them the scariest story that I had ever heard thus far, and it's one that still haunts me to this day. Uh, you know, recently, I had heard that from a doctor, I went to an eye doctor, and he told me that I had a degenerative retinal disease called retinal dystrophy. Now, vision problems are not something that were new to me in life. I was notorious growing up for having horrible night vision, but it was like my eyes never adjusted to the dark, but nobody knew why and nobody really cared. It just made making out at a movie theater a little more awkward. So when I went to college, I decided that I wanted to go see a retinal specialist, and after a series of clockwork orange-like tests where they shoved electrodes up under my eyelids, the doctors told me that I had two failing retinas. Um, they said that the night vision problem was just the first step in a slow descent into what would eventually become total blindness. And they also told me that there was nothing they could do about it. And I, for the first time since I was a little kid, you know, I felt really helpless and, and pretty vulnerable. And I sat in that doctor's parking lot in upstate New York uh, for hours just thinking about all the different things that I wasn't going to be doing with my life if my vision did actually disappear. And I decided then that, you know, besides my family, I, I wasn't going to tell many other people about this. I didn't want them to look at me different or pity me. I just wanted my quirky vision thing to continue to be quirky and not as serious. And I just made sure I had a massive flashlight with me whenever I went out in the field with these guys. Uh, so anyways, a day in the field with kids like that is in the morning, another instructor and I would get together, we'd load up 15 or so 10-year-old kids into a bus and go traipsing about the national parks. Uh, it was good fun. We'd teach them all sorts of things from, you know, plate tectonics to a moose song. And some were more educational than others. The Moose song, for example, didn't have a shred of factual information, but I think it was more entertaining than plate tectonics. So the kids just asked for it constantly. So I figured I would torture you guys with this song tonight. Um, it's a call and response song, if you're familiar with those. I'll say the line, I'll sing the line, and you guys need to sing it back to me if you're willing. So um, here it goes. There was a great big moose. He liked to drink a lot of juice. The moose's name was Fred. He liked to drink his juice and man. All right, all right, you get it. It's, it's a miserable song. And I would cringe every time someone would request to sing it. So it's pretty rough, but one week we had a, we had a, a group of mostly local kids. 
And we were headed up into the parks when we came across a, a massive traffic jam of people looking at wildlife. And I decided to pull the bus over, and I busted out our huge spotting scope, took the kids out, and I aimed it up at a speck of animal life up in the field there. And as I zoomed in, I saw it was this bear. I could just see the back and the shoulders sticking up out of the tall grass. And I said, you guys, we got a bear here, okay? So uh, just focus, and we'll journal about this later, because you're always journaling with kids. And I, I told them to line up, and I had them get ready. And the, the first girl in line, let's call her Sally today for this story. Um, she steps up, Sally steps up and puts her eye to the, to the lens and just immediately lets out this blood-curdling shriek and explodes into tears. And I'm, I'm standing there bewildered like, what, what, as she runs off to the other instructor. And I, I grab the scope and I look and I see, yeah, again, it's just this, this furry back and these big shoulders of this grizzly bear. And I'm staring, and then suddenly the head comes up, and with it, it's dragging the entrails of some animal that it's feasting on. And I'm staring at this face that's just a mess of blood and gore, and whatever it's chewing on is hanging out of its jaws like a nightmare. And I, I thought, I thought, I can't keep this from the kids. So. I gave it back, I gave the scope back to them and I, I let them have their fill of this like real life nature documentary. And even Sally, after she calmed down, she took a second look and she admitted that that was actually pretty cool. Um, and so, you know, that same group, we thought we'd seen it all. Uh, that same group, a few days later, we, we went up into, uh, on a nice long hike, we were up there for a few hours and we decided to stop and have some lunch. And I was gulping down like another double-decker PB&J sandwich. And uh, I was just enjoying my sandwich when I hear Sally's voice say, oh my gosh, there's, there's a bear. And I was like, ha, Sally, that's really funny. And when I saw her face, I, I stopped and I, was, I followed her gaze up the trail and there was this massive bear, looked just like the one we had seen earlier, but with less blood. It was coming down the trail towards us. Uh, it wasn't more than 50 feet away, and it was just single-handedly flipping over boulders that were the size of these 10-year-old kids that I was with, and it was eating insects underneath them, and, and the whole group just fell completely silent. And I had to do something. So I stood up, I, I told the kids to stand up too, and I said, okay, just leave your lunches, ditch your sandwiches, and, and everyone kind of get behind me and, and back up off the trail and we'll back up away. And I started fumbling with my can of pepper spray and I ripped off the safety for the first time in my life. And <laughs> in that moment, I, I just completely froze. And I felt that helplessness and that vulnerability, but it wasn't because of my my injured eyes this time. It was because I was responsible for 15 young children and their lives miles up in the wilderness with this impossibly small can of pepper spray as our only form of defense. And I just, you know, in that moment, I didn't know what to do. I had to go back to my training and I thought of Bear Safety 101. What are the steps? Okay, leave your pack. All right, check. Don't run for now, check. 
and make a, a lot of noise. And I was like, wait a minute, that is something that these kids can do. And I turned to them and I said, there was a great big moose. <laughs> and unbelievably, a few of them repeated me. And he liked to drink a lot of juice. I got right back into it. Kids came in full volume, and the bear, now you know, 30 feet away, stops and looks at us. And every time the kids hit him with that chorus of voices, it was as though he lost a, a little bit of his confidence. And, and I felt like I gained a little bit of mine. I raised the pepper spray up. We hit him with another verse. We hit him with another verse. And then, and then the bear turned, and the bear left the trail. And crashed off into the forest. And the kids behind me, they stopped singing and they started cheering. And I turned around to see 15 of the happiest faces I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, we had just vanquished a bear using nothing but the power of song. It was, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty much, like, pretty much the best triumph we could have asked for. And as I was walking back to the bus with that group later that afternoon, I was filled with this overwhelming sense of gratitude, you know? And it wasn't gratitude because we hadn't been eaten by a bear. <clears throat> it was more that I, I was just grateful that these kids, they had, they had my back in the time when I was starting to freak out and I needed help. In that moment, they proved that I felt much stronger with people behind me. And I never actually told those kids about my vision issue. You know, I kept that to myself for most of the time. But my experiences with them made me want to share it with other people in my life. And I started to realize all the people who have had my back for all these years. I mean, some of my best friends met me for the first time when I, as a stranger, approached them and said, can you help me navigate these dark stairs? Or can you get me across this dimly lit parking lot? And these strangers always came through. And the strangers didn't always just turn into just friends. Uh, you know, to this day, I'm convinced that the reason I was able to be in any way charming and, and not panic when I met my fiance for the first time was because it was completely dark. <laughs> it, was, it was pitch black. And I couldn't be intimidated by how incredibly beautiful she is because I couldn't see her. <laughs> and I think that having a, a really badass grizzly bear story didn't hurt either. So thank you.